Hello and welcome to another edition of the Fins Up podcast. I am your host, Mortz, and I am joined by my handsome colleague, as always, Southo Dan. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, for the first time, that was a beautiful intro. Mm, just a bit of the old behind the scenes there. Uh, yeah, moving mate, on, moving on. Mate, mate, I'm doing very well, thanks. Three nights in a row, it's an absolute treat. Seeing, <laughs> seeing you. back. Seeing your face for three nights in a row, Daniel, Jesus Christ. I was worried about this week, but here I, I needn't have worried, put it that way. Man, I'm a bit more um, positive tonight because I think we're going to have a little bit of a higher average score than we did last night, if I do say so myself. Uh, I don't think so. I've been really harsh on the forwards. Um, oh, jeez. Just because uh, a lot of our middles really turned to mud uh, when we needed them to stand up this year. So... Um, Oh yeah, I've 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 gone really really harsh on uh, a fair few players. There's there's a lot of uh, under average players for me. Jeez, well let, let's uh, let's get into it, mate. But but being in a podcast, we um we can't disagree on anything. That's that's just how it is. That's in the rules. Uh, not tonight. Not tonight. Okay, let's let's um let's do this. Let's go. So we're we're reviewing the forwards tonight, and again we're going in alphabetical order. And tonight I have got it correct. Uh, I made sure, double, triple checked. Um, we didn't add Connor Tracy in though, even though he did come off the bench for us and played a, a few games at hooker. Obviously reviewed him last night. So uh, let's start with uh, Blake Braley. Dan, what was your review of Blake? Pretty good. Pretty damn good. I thought he came on in leaps and bounds. Thought he had a slow start, but considering that he had to play every game this year, you know, I thought at first he'd play most, like he'd start most games, but he'd split it with Cam King. Unfortunately, the injury to him really, really meant it was Braley or nothing. I overall, I think Braley probably outdid what I expected in terms of his. He's so young, he's so raw. He's so talented, and the further it went on, I think his best game was his last game against Canberra. I wish the season was another four games long because he'd be playing Origin. He's he's coming on that well. Uh, I don't know if you'll be as positive as I am, but I'm I'm all aboard the Blake Braley bandwagon, mate. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually really really positive on Blake Braley. In fact, he's my tied third player of the year, so he gets a, a bronze medal with another player this year. Um, but I thought he was really good. Now he's he's justified the decision to let his brother go to Newcastle, um, and that you know if ever that was a question, if ever people were questioning, you know the the retention of, of Blake over Jaden, it stopped this year. Uh, he kicked two forty twenties. His running game was strong. He scored some cracking tries. He set up some tries. Unfortunately, he injured himself in our biggest game of the year when he was by far and away the best player on the park. Um, I did a little bit of digging on Canberra fans forums and they were actually quite quite positive about us after the game, but it was mainly around who is Blake Braley and where did he come from? And a lot of play a lot of their fans even said on their podcast that they uh, sorry, on their forum that they didn't think that Canberra had a way to get back in the game if Blake stayed out there. That's how well he was playing. It's fair call. He was streaks ahead. Yeah. He's playing really well, and I felt he got more confident as the year went on, mm-hmm. which is great for a young player of super talent. Yeah. I mean, he was the best the best under-20s hooker by a mile. He was the best New South Wales Cup hooker by a mile, and I don't think he's that far off pushing, you know, probably not the top tier just yet, but that, that middle to top tier. I oh, Absolutely, he's better than his brother. We, we called it very early. Mm-hmm. Um, there was always the question maybe that we wouldn't come good, I feel he's done it. He's had to play some big minutes. 
and they ran some big bodies at him. I think he really stood up and was one of our better players this year. Yeah, look, I think he's I think he's just below that that tier of where Harry Grant is at the moment, but it's not going to be long before in the Origin Arena we're seeing Harry Grant versus Blake Braley. It won't be long at oh, all. Yeah. Um, I, gave, I gave Blake an 8 out of 10 this year. 8 is what I got too. I think he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, next person is Andrew Fafida. Now, it might sound a little bit harsh on Andy. Um, I love everything Andrew Fafida stands for. Now that Paul Gallen, Paul Gallen has left the club, he is Mr. Cronulla. Um, I'd give him a 15 out of 10 for him being on the sideline, revving the players up, um, you know, being there amongst the boys in the shed, his social media, the fun they had with the wrestling, etc. Um, on the field, he looked like he wanted to put in his 9 out of 10 performances. Unfortunately, his body's letting him down. He's not the Andrew Fafita we know anymore. Certainly not. I think we're judging him against what he was and what he's getting paid, which is absolutely fair. That's the business. In terms of being a bench forward, he's probably an eight, eight and a half. He's got lots of – he comes on and gives a lot. But in terms of being Andrew Fafita, we need 60 minutes of that, and yeah. we're just not getting it. I hand, Hands in the air right now, if we were to say we're retiring him and we're spending that money, I'm over the moon. I won't begrudge him. He's earned that pay packet at the end of his career. Like you said, he's the best player in the world to have off field. I know opposition fans give him shit all the time, but that's just that's just rubbish they've heard in the media. The real Fafita is through and through Cronulla Sharks. I love him. He'll always be a hero to us for what he did in 2016. That said, he was in our bottom few forwards this year, and for a bloke on his pay packet and his pedigree, that's just not what we need. Yeah, he showed us some games where he, you know, he ran hard, he ran straight. Yes, we got a little bit of sideways out of feeder, and yes, it still works. But he's he's not the he's not 2018, 2016, 2013 Andrew Fafita, who was you know proper the year um, Origin player, you know representative the Andrew Fafita who helped launch the Tongan national team as well. I think I have been a little bit harsh on him, but I gave Fafita a five out of ten. I got five as well. See, we we are agreeing. Do you agree that he's carrying too much weight? No, I don't think he's carrying too much weight. I just think when you've got a when you've got a bad knee problem, it doesn't matter how heavy you are. Um, he's always been he's always been good when he's had that pudding around the guts. You even have to look at the twenty sixteen Grand Final. His jersey looks like it was screaming in agony. It was that tight on him. Um, but I, I don't think he's carrying too much weight. I think he's carrying a very very bad knee injury and. Going through his head at the moment, like he's younger than us, Daniel. Like he's he's probably sitting there thinking, I'm a long time retired and he's not going to go and get another job. Now, you know, we said it in our in our group chat today. He'll pick up indigenous gigs. He'll pick up, um, you know, to, you know things for the, the Pacific Island, Polynesian. You could probably see in six years' time, he might even be the, um, the World All-Stars coach. Um, and he'll probably be on the coaching staff of the Tongan national team. But it's not, it's not a regular job, and it's probably not going to keep someone like Andrew Fafita, who looks like he's got ADD, busy. And I think that's why he's probably thinking, no, I'm going to play my two years out. But it, you know, it would be great if he did medically retire himself. Um, and it, it would crush... It, it, losing Andrew Fafita will hurt me more than it did losing Paul Gallen, because I didn't really care for that bloke. Um, and, and it's just not going to be the same, but he does need to go. Fafita's a legend through and through. I think this is what we're going to get for him for the next two years. I don't I don't wish injury upon him. I hope he plays more games than he misses next year. But it, we, it's starting to get to the point where if he's holding back the Franklin Pele's and the Teague Wilton's for a bench spot, then you've got to start looking at you know other options. But, you know, 
if he can come on and give us that 20-minute spell and just beat people up and mm. just offload to the young kids, then, well, I'm all for it. Yeah, shout-out to him as well for giving the boots to uh, uh, Paul's son, Rossi. That was awesome. Um, no, that, was, that was a highlight. That was yeah. amazing. Uh, next off the rank is uh, Wade Graham. And speaking of rank, that's what his season was. Um, I thought it was a poor season from Wade. His standards were down. He hasn't made the Origin team. He wanted that captaincy, but he didn't have the leaders around him. Um, and I just, I just think that it really affected his his game time this year. I've been really harsh on on his score, Dan. I don't know about you. Look, I, I, Wade didn't have a good season. There were two or three games where he started to look like the old Wade Graham. A lot, a lot of our forwards were gonna keep saying that they're not like they were which is you know probably fair considering so like they're all pushing 40 the way graham is the second best left-sided second rower in the game behind board cordner he's the best ball playing second rower in the game by an absolute mile he's the best kicking second rower in the game by an absolute mile he came on off two games or one game last year from an injury played in the halves for origin set up a try with his first kick and then was arguably man of the match in the second half if there wasn't a bloke named tommy turbo that's Wade Graham, what we got this year was a bloke who looked tired, he looked distracted, and honestly, him, Wade, uh, him Chad Townsend were the laughing stock when it came to defence. I know a lot of fans of Wade, and I'm a huge Wade fan, we're probably going to cop it tomorrow in the group chat, he was the most disappointing player of the year for me. Yeah. I said last night it was Ramian, but I had time to think about it, it's Wade Graham. Yeah, I gave Wade a four. I got four and a half, I think he was a little bit better than four, but not by a lot. <laughs> Uh, next person is Braden Hamlin Ueli. Now he started the year on the bench, uh, forced his way into the run on side uh, with some incredible performances. And as the year went on, it wouldn't have surprised me if he got dropped. He's yeah, he, he didn't finish the year the way he started it. No, he didn't. He's he's had the most up and down, up and down season I can remember in a long time. He started on fire. He got better and better and better. He was our best forward at that halfway mark and just fell off a cliff. When we rested Toby Rudolph, we should have rested Ueli, and I think two or three weeks earlier we should have rested him. I think he's a better player now than he was this time last year, and I think that's that's a big plus, and that's what we can expect. But what he promised mm. early on, and probably between that 6-12 to 12 week mark, when he got... Because I think he's one of those forwards that really benefited from the new rules. It's pretty quick. He's fleet of foot, and he, he scored a lot of first tries. That said... The last four weeks, if you go and just off that, he's the worst forward in the in the in the club. Yeah, uh, I gave him a six. I, I got six and a half. I think he was early in the season, fantastic, fell off a cliff, but that's going to be a run and frame through this. Yeah. I think. Uh, next up for us is Royce Hunt. Now you and I uh, laughed when he was getting his first grade debut. We were like, <laughs> Royce Hunt, Braden Hamlin, Ueli, and Andrew Vita are all on the field. Fucking sign us up. We thought he was going to be disgraceful. He was the opposite of that. <laughs> he was incredible. Um, to a point when he went down with injury, I was absolutely shattered. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And and, Mate, he, and it sucks we're not going to see him next year. It's no good. He's, he's a freaking humongous human being. Yeah. He's funny. He had everyone laughing. He is to us especially, mm. but for different reasons. Mate, he showed us. He showed everyone. He was probably the surprise packet of the yeah. year. And that guy, I swear, gets bigger every time I see him. Man, it's I would hate to be buying his food. Like, <laughs> like I think, you know, obviously this year he started on a training trial contract and then earned a, a minimum wage contract. So 
like I hope his missus earns seven figures to feed him because he's fucking enormous. Like he's he's he is so big. It's just it, as a, you know, I'm I'm gutted that he's he's done his knee because I, I I'll be very surprised with the patella tendon. Um, it's usually a, a nine to twelve month uh, recovery. Um, and you know, there's there's some some athletes who have done the patella tendon that have taken you know 24 months to get back. Andre Robertson did it for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he didn't play for two full seasons. Um, and if it wasn't you know if it wasn't for the fact that the the NBA went into a bubble, probably wouldn't have seen you know Robertson uh, this season either. But look, I gave Royce a seven and a half. I thought he was a shining light for us this year. Yep, I went seven, but I've got two exclusive for you here. And when it comes to Royce Hunt, go. So I found out this, this is data. The Mounties wanted to re-sign him, but they couldn't because they couldn't find a jersey big enough for him. He couldn't play New South Wales Cup because they don't have the chairs. They have a bench for their bench, and no bench will support him. So we had to pick him in first grade, and he just shot straight up. I was so excited. That injury sucked. I wish him all the best. I hope he comes back late next year, but if he takes a year off and comes back, you know, in 2022 or whatever it is, yeah. I'll give him a contract extension. Shark for life. Yeah, I um I had a look at the uh, the round one Newtown stats and he ran for 171 meters in that game. Um, Huge in, in the in the Jets only only game this year, which uh, clinched their back to back titles. Um, yeah, he uh, you know I guess I guess the club saw it coming. Um, we didn't, and you know there's egg on our face for it. Um, next off, uh, Billy Magulis. Um, he had a good he had a good game against the Storm in round two. He was diabolical against the Tigers. Uh, he played against the Raiders, and I don't remember him being out there. He's living off two chip kicks, and I thought he was terrible this year. He bought his own hype, big time, and that's coming from people within the club, and just it's very obvious. He was pushing Jack Williams for the thirteen this time, like uh, late last year rather, and I honestly thought we'd probably go Magulius for his ball playing ability. He couldn't make that step up, which is a shame because when he played first grade last year, he was really good. He was really keen. He was in everything. I got the feeling that laziness is probably isn't the wrong word, but there was no energy. Yeah, no enthusiasm. In and as a young player who's trying to play first grade, you've got to be the most enthusiastic bloke there to win your jersey. He's probably listening to this, so we've got to be careful because he'll hit us up on Facebook Messenger tomorrow morning and tell us to stop spreading shit. But... He deserves it. He played like crap, and mate, I got two out of ten, and I feel I'm being generous. I gave him a three, and I feel I was I was being generous. Um, I, it looked like when he didn't get the number thirteen jersey this year, he just had a sulk. Absolutely, I heard he was going to the Warriors, and I was all for it. Alone, yeah, the Warriors or, or the him. Dragons. It was it was meant to go to one of them clubs on on loan, and it just never happened. That would have been good. If someone comes in and if the Warriors are in a similar situation next year and say, we want Billy, he's yours for the season, and he better come back with a new fucking attitude. Mm. Or I'll tell you what, he's going to be parked in the Jets till his thing comes up, and he can go play for the Titans. Yeah. Although he wouldn't make the Titans pack now. No, Tigers. Um, next off, uh, Britton Nakora is the next one for us, and there has not been a bigger regression from the first half of 2019 than Britton Nakora. He was bottom line ordinary this year. He was bog average. He got dropped. He deserved it. I was very surprised when he got back in. I thought Talakai earned his spot numerous times over, and I was happy when T. Wilton got picked. I don't know how he got back in there, 
you know, he's, he's proven he's got talent, but not in 2020. He's, you know, last year he was the hitman's bodyguard. He, he protected Sean Johnson. This year it was Sean Johnson protecting him. Um, and there was, uh, you know, Bomber went to drop the the story that that you and I have been told is that Bomber went to drop him early, but uh, but Sean was like, no, 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 keep him in the side. Um, and then obviously his missus uh, got close to having the baby, so they they gave him an extended period off from the team. I was hoping he'd come back a better player. He sort of came back a better player for a little bit. Um, yeah, or I I I, I can't even remember. A game where he dominated. I think his best game was round round twenty against the Raiders, and that's when he was playing against the Raiders reserve grade team, and he still couldn't get us over the line. So, um, I gave him a two and a half, uh, three and a half. I think he's a little bit better than that, but no not way. by much. I just uh, I expected the world from Nakora. I thought this year Wade and Nakora are our there are benefits like they there are advantage. No team can match what they can do. Unfortunately, they were our two worst players, one to thirteen. Yeah. Um, and then our next player is fan favorite, cult hero, and, uh, number one listener of the Fins Up podcast, Toby Rudolph. Um, I think Toby lived up to the expectations that, uh, we had for him. Um, I, I, I hope that he lived up to his own expectations. Everything he said in the preseason, um, he delivered on, which was enthusiasm, aggression, Ruck defence, he looked a little bit tired towards the end of the year. At one point in the season, he was the best forward in the competition between the 20 and 60 minute mark. Um, I, 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 for the life of me, I don't know why we started starting him. Um, that's when we we started losing a lot of games because we didn't have him coming off the bench. Um, I thought he had a really good year this year and I, I've got him tied with Blake Braley as our third best player of the, uh, of the team. Yep, agree with that 100%. I can't say I'm surprised with what he did because we both called it before we met him last year. It's not like we, we met the bloke and then said, oh, we're going to call up his ass. We've been calling this for a long time. The Jets were on a road to nowhere until he came back and we, we didn't lose a game once he came back. He was the best player at the end of the year. You know, he didn't make all the highlights, but he was man of the match in the grand final. And he was the second best player in the park in the, um, in the big game where we beat Burley. He was fantastic this year. He tackled his backside off. Yeah, he made the odd error. He's still a rookie. You know, he's an immature age rookie, but this isn't a bloke that has 100 games under his record, under his belt. He's come in. He's done the right thing. He's waited and waited. He's earned his contract extension. He signed a one-year deal, so he's backed himself. If he does that again next year, he's going to get a nice bump and a really long extension. If he plays his cards right, he may be a shark cult hero for the rest of his career. And he's earned that with his enthusiasm and the fact that he's the nicest guy ever. Like, you go there, and every kid there is yelling, hey, Toby, hey, Toby. You know, you and I being the two biggest kids there. And he's just just a fantastic bloke, great player. I don't like the fact he started starting, like you said. I think that sort of ruined it a bit. But we have to find out, decide next year what we're going to do with Toby. Is he our 13, or is he our specialist hitman between 20 and 60? And stick with it, because I think he's got something real special around the corner. Yeah, look, I would love him to be our number 13. And and I think that he could he could really take that you know Paul Gallen had a mortgage on that for you know fifteen years that could that could now be Toby Rudolph and you could transition from Gal leap year into Toby Rudolph if he is to take that number thirteen jersey though he he really needs to work on his fitness because a lot of times he looked like he was blowing out there looked like he, he looked 
you know, not that he's a park footballer, but he looked like he was a park footballer that had 10 durries and a, and a VB and a pie before he'd gone out there. Sometimes he was that far haunched <laughs> over. But look, for a rookie, he played 20 games uh, out of 21, scored a try, tackled at 91% for a middle forward. He made 584 out of 642 tackles, averaged 13 runs for 131 metres, only gave away four penalties and only made eight errors. That's pretty, pretty freaking amazing stats, to be honest. Yeah. I, with with what you said before, Toby ran on and looked tired. Yeah. <laughs> He'd make 20 tackles and look tired. He'd sit on the bench and look like he was going to fall asleep, come on and still be tired. He's just that kind of bloke. But, yeah, if he gets his fitness right, he's going to be our best player next year. Yeah, by far. Uh, next person, uh, I was very surprised. What, what's him? What did you give him out of 10? Oh, same as Blake Braley, eight. Eight? I'll go eight and a half just to top you. Oh, well, you're a dick. Um... Scott Sorensen is next. Now I was I you know I was happy we re-signed him. I thought he was going to be a, a squad filler. Um and some of the games that he played this year I thought that he he earned uh the bench spot over some of the other players who who got more games than him. I'm absolutely happy to eat humble pie here because earlier in the year I was like what are we doing why are we playing him first grade get Billy get Jack Williams in there. He outplayed both of them by an absolute mile. He offered heaps. He came in in the semi and played a position that, you know, he hasn't played a whole lot of and played pretty, pretty well considering. Uh, I, I think Sorensen was one of our better players, to be totally honest. I mean, he wasn't a superstar by any means, but a bloke on that wage with that expectation, I think he was just exactly what we needed. And like you said, he had some really, really good games. Yeah, yeah, he had 14 games, two try assists, zero tries, so we get to see Scott naked uh, sometime. Uh, but the biggest thing for me that, that I've always worried about with Scott Sorensen is his defence. This year, he was our best defender. 96%, 345 of 358 tackles. Uh, and, and his errors and discipline was uh, was down as well. He only made three errors and gave away two penalties. So, um, you know, for mine, if, if, it's a, if it's a choice next year, if I'm the coach and it's a choice next year out of Scott Sorensen and, and Jack Williams, I'm re-signing Sorensen. And he, he's getting the spot and, and Jack's back in the Jets trying to get into the team. All through the season, we've said you play one or the other on the bench. They're two alike. I still agree with that, but I think Sorensen edges him in everything except the gym. And I think Sorensen's got it's, a better football body. It, it's not far off, though, because Sorensen's a fucking Adonis. He's not as big as Williams, but he's built better, I reckon, because Williams' arms get in the way when he tries to catch and tackle, whereas I think Sorensen... Plus, Sorensen's motor is so much higher Jack Williams, man, yeah. When they put those pictures up of Scott Sorensen at the uh, in in the beach in his togs, I've, I've got to go. I've got to go and fan myself. Like <laughs> I almost didn't want him to score a try. Yeah. Um. The uh, the next person is. What did you out of ten? Six and a half. I got seven. I think he was yeah. our not the biggest surprise of the year, but not far off. Yeah. Uh, next off is Cisifatalikai. Now, you and I were calling for Talakai. Yeah. Thank. you. What yeah. a season. What a season. Um, look, I'll give him my rating now. And I, and I have to, Last night I said Sean Johnson was our player of the year and I gave him an 8.5. Uh, Talakai was runner-up player of the year for me just. So I've given him 8.49. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah, that's our system. We can do what we want. Yeah, look, I, I, th- <laughs> I, think, I think Shawnee gets him on longevity. And I think... You know, you could make it. You could make a case for either of the players that, obviously, you expect Sean Johnson to be our best player because he is our best player. Um, 
I wanted Talakai in the team from the start of the season, but I didn't think he'd be this good, so you could make a case for him that way. Uh, he was a human highlight reel. Um, yeah, it's just, I just wanted more. You know, I just I just wanted more Talakai. I want 80 minutes of Talakai. <laughs> so th- Last th- year we called it. Yeah, so this, this this guy could be our number 13 as well. If we, if we decide we want to keep Toby on the bench, there's no reason this guy can't go and play because he was pretty good in the middle. He was fantastic in the middle. He was Newtown's best last year for the majority of the season. He was an absolute wrecking ball. And we all said, why don't we bring him up? Looked into it. He's a Newtown player. When we signed him, people were like, oh, who's this guy? We knew. Yeah. You know, like, we don't get him all right, Royce Hunt. But with Talakai, we were spot on. By the end of the season, he was he was our best player. Oh, yeah. And he broke tackles galore. He smashed blokes in the fence. He left that guy lying and made your highlight reel with one play. Like, he, he just – and he fit in anywhere. He played a heap of centre, and he didn't let anyone down at centre. He played the second row. He played at lock. I, I think we even threw him in at proper a couple of times in the middle of the season. I just – I'm all on the Talakai train. I, I'll, I'll give him the 8.5. I'll do you one better. He was that good. I, uh, I loved it when your mate Dean was on Twitter telling everyone that John Morris was not going to pick him at centre for the Brisbane game. Morris picks him at centre, and Talakai was the man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ah, Dino, shout out to you, mate. Look, he, uh, that man, that guy's so weird. Uh, he had 16 games. He scored four tries, two try assists, 90% on his tackles. Averaged 137 metres. Uh, his errors, only six um, out of 16 games. And he only gave away one penalty. So, you know, we're, we're talking, we're, we're reeling off the stats here of your Toby Rudolph, your Scott Sorensen, your Talakai, because these are the young guys who you're supposed to look up to you for feeders, your Wade Grahams, and the Aaron Woods, and they outperformed them this year. That, that's exactly why we finished eighth. Yeah. The young players played well, and the, the, our old players and our big money players let us down. Money, uh, value-wise, I think Talakai is probably the most valuable player in the game right now because what we're paying him compared to what he gave, what he gave us is just freakish. And I was so happy when we extended him. He's yeah. going to be a genius next year. I just hope he, he comes in with the same attitude he did this year. Doesn't come back thinking he's earned the spot because whatever he did in this preseason, do it again. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next player for us, Daniel Vasquez. Only played one game um, and was man of the match for us in that game. Mate, in terms of that game, he was absolutely – he was our best forward on the park by a mile. We were dominating him when he was there. When Fafita came back and he went off, that's when the game turned and Canberra buried us right at the end. Yeah. I thought every every time he touched the ball, the crowd went up. So obviously he had a bit of a fan club there. But um, again, another Newtown legend. He's the um, the woo bag, as we call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, g- genius, mate. I'm looking forward to seeing more more of him next year. Yeah, I, I I'm really, you know, when when the the we found out that a prop was going to make their debut in the final round, I really wanted it to be Frank Pelle because I wanted to see Frank Pelle. But Vasquez had been so close all year. He travelled with the team, you know, every week. Even though he knew that he he'd been cut, he was there. Um, he he sang for everyone's birthday. He dressed up as a clown and 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 sang just after. Uh, was it during the week? He did that. Uh, there was the video. Someone posted a video of him. Um, oh, you yeah, look. I think he earned his debut, and I think he'd be really hard to leave out of the team next year. And and you know, if Andrew Fafita does medically retire himself 
you, he could make a big case for, well, you know, give me that 20 minutes and then see where I can go. Royce Hunt's not there anymore either. You've got to remember that. We need an aggressive player coming off the bench. So there's a, there's a spot for him. He exceeded my expectations. I, again, I didn't... I, I didn't think much of him in in the uh, the juniors, and I I didn't think much of him in in the Jets. I thought Jolifay was you know the better of the two props. Um, you know he he earned his spot. Um, you know through hard work he he got his debut. I gave him a six out of ten. Um, I hope we see a few more games next year. In terms of that game, he was an eight out of ten overall. You know six is probably more representing his value. He's the one that originated the gym wrestling videos too, him and Jack A. Williams. Right. They were fantastic. And he, he he sent us viral. And you're right, I'm glad you mentioned Jolifay because they were the they were the props last year uh, with Lolo that got us, you know, and then Toby came in, the four-man wrecking crew. Uh, genius. I'm looking forward to seeing him more next year. He and Pele are going to add some things. One of them's going to take Hunt's spot. And, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, if Jack Williams doesn't, you know, improve – Maybe they both take a spot. I remember the the Jets last year. Um, after the the semi final, you and I were we with Jimmy and Richie. For, oh no, I was with Jimmy and Richie for that semi final. Um, and we uh, we spoke to their coach Greg Madison, and we said, "Why isn't Wes Lolo playing?" And he turned around. and He goes, "Mate, Wes can't play in the sun. It's too hot for him." <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, in the world. He, said, he said, you know, if if, if it's if it, if it's raining and it's cold, we can play Wes. He said, but if it's if it's over twenty five degrees, mate, Wes can't play. <laughs> he's, he's a handsome park specialist. Yeah. He makes so many breaks because it's always ten below zero at that place. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, he was the Newtown Jets version of Royce Hunt last year. He was just a, a big, massive unit that no one wanted to fucking tackle. Um, but I, I, I just, I just remember that. I, I laughed my ass off when Madison said, "Mate, it's too hot. You can't play." And then, and then you look over and you see him there, just dying with a bottle of water. <laughs> um, yeah. Next player, speaking of Mr. Mirror Muscles himself, Jack Williams, uh, absolute dog shit this year. Awful. I can't remember him playing a good game. I know there's one or two there because I remember you, you mentioned it in the podcast. But, um, mate, I'm so disappointed with Jack Williams. I think if you're going to play him, he has to be that 20-minute impact player off the bench. But we need we need more from him, especially his hype, I think, hurt him this year because we expected more. But he can't catch and he can't tackle. He's the weakest, strongest bloke I've ever seen in my life. He gets beaten one-on-one more than anyone I've ever seen. And a guy that looks like that and lifts as much as he does shouldn't be happening. No, and I just had a look at his stats there. He made 12 errors, but he made five in one game. Um, I, I, that, that was the Titans game. Moylan, Moylan put it on a platter for him. He would have scored. He dropped the ball three That's times right. in a row, though. Um, a fr- he, he got dropped and, and he came back and his handling was good. But it, it's a case with, with Jack. When, when, he's, when his handling was shit, his defense was good. And then when his when his handling came good, his defense went to shit. Now I had a look at his his tackling stats, and his tackling stats are good for contact, grab, and and throw to the ground. But he gets beaten with footwork so easily. Um, little man, even big man, Adam Fanua Blake turned him inside out. Um, and I mean, I mean, this guy turns slower than milk. Like he just he, he he's got no lateral movement. He can't turn and chase. When he does catch the ball, it can be damaging. Like that Titans game, you know, it was just, it was the most rocks and diamonds game ever because in the first 13 minutes of the game, he had made 100 metres. Then he just stopped catching the fucking thing. It's just, 
he, uh, he's gone way down the pecking order yeah. for me. He's he's not now. The the, the worst thing that happened to to Jack the worst thing that happened to Jack Williams was from the opening of our preseason. It was Jack Williams is the next Paul Gallon. Jack Williams is going to take the thirteen. Jack Williams is going to play eighty minutes and average two hundred meters and then go and play Origin. Jack Williams was up there with Wade Graham and Britton Accor as the most disappointing players for me this year, and I gave him a three out of ten. Yeah, I'll go four. I think he's a little tiny bit better, but really. You just bagged him more than I did, and you gave him a fucking four. Mate, I can't give him. I can't give him threes. Threes like no, just a three and a half. Okay, you talk me down. <laughs> uh, I feel bad because he's another one that'll probably listen to this bag us tomorrow. Yeah, he cares. Uh, next player for us, uh, Teague Wilton. Um, I didn't really have much expectation for him because I didn't think he was going to be an edge player. Um, he didn't get much time out there. Played in the middle. He was good. He was solid. He was solid without being spectacular. Um, I liked what I saw from him. He's got a big future in the game, I think, old Teague. Yeah, big fan of Teague. He was great in our 20s. He was our captain from memory, and he was one of our best players when we beat Penrith out there. Uh, for Newtown, he was very good. He was playing on a side. He and Talakai had a side each. Then he started playing in the middle. I remember Toby preseason was telling us that, you know, he couldn't believe how hard it was in the middle. They were having a bit of a laugh. He's the sort of bloke that can play. You throw him on the bench and he can play three or four positions. Plus, he can play centre if you absolutely need him. So, big future. It didn't see too much of him this year. Probably a game or two short of what I wanted to see from him. Yeah. But um, he's a big bloke. He's quick and he's still growing. I'm a fan. Yeah, look, he, he's, the, the thing about Teague is... He, He's big, as you said. He's a, he's 190 centimeters and 100 kilos, and he's he's 21 years old. So he's only going to get bigger. Um, so, he's quick. He's got good footwork. He's he's the one thing that I wanted to see how he went in the NRL was his defense, and he didn't let us down. Um, you know, for a team that that missed the most tackles in the competition, it, again, it's our young guys who who were leading the way for us, being the better defenders. Um, he was good with the ball. He, I think he, I th- it looked like he was being very cautious when he had the ball. It wasn't the Teague Wilton who, you know, gave a bit of footwork offend and tried to get that offload. It looked like he was just, you know, I'm in there. I don't, I, I, I don't know when I'm going to get another game, so I don't want to get dropped and, and fall down a pecking order. Um, I thought he was all right. Cautious player. I gave him a five and a half. Five and a half is about fair. I, I actually forgot T. Wilton in my uh, in my rap, so that probably says he deserves five and a half. Uh, he was solid. He did exactly what was expected. He was the sort of bloke we needed to blood for the future. I think Williams got that. I mean, uh, Morris got that right. Better things to come in the future for T. He's going to be a uh, a big big name for us, I reckon. Um, the last player that we have is Aaron Woods. Um, I think I think. Aaron Woods and Chad Townsend became our whipping boys this year. And I think Aaron Woods became a whipping boy in games that he didn't deserve it. And he got away with it in games that he probably did deserve to get bags. Um, he copped a lot of heat from the the semi-final on the weekend. I actually thought he was quite good when he came off the bench. Um, he's hard to tackle. People turn around and say that he wrestles too much looking for an offload. That's because he can offload the ball. There's just no one there. No one follows him. You have a look at his... Uh, there's a reason why James Tedesco is the best fullback in the world. And when Aaron Woods and him were at the Tigers, every time Woods had a hit up, Tedesco was right next to him looking for that offload. We've, <laughs> we, we've, we're the worst support playing team in the competition. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. We are. As you mentioned before, our errors are just through the roof as well. 
if you only listen to every second podcast with us, you've, you're missing out on great things. But second of all, you probably think Woods is the worst player in the game. If someone else was listening to the alternate podcast, they think Woods is the best player in the game. Because I swear every week to week, you and I were, geez, Woods played well. He was within our two or three best. Then the next week, he was by far in our bottom two or three worst. And for a bloke of his pedigree and the money he's on, he should be our best forward every week without question. He was the only prop that we had who had any experience besides for feeder, but he fell way back as we went on. He should have been leading the way for Talakai, Toby, Royce Hunt. Instead, it was go out there, don't make too many errors, We'll get through the 20, and if we're close, the young guys from the bench will come in and get us back into the game, get us over the top. It's Aaron Woods. The guy's played heaps of games at Origin and Australia, you know, rep levels. He should be our best player every week. He wasn't. I was overall really disappointed with Woods. I gave him a flat 5 out of 10 because there were weeks where he was 9 out of 10. There were weeks where he was 2 out of 10. He needs to be 6 at least every week. Yeah, look, Woods, was, Woods played every game for us this year, and... I want to say for him, there was more good than bad. Um, even though you and I both said the indication is if Aaron Woods is having a good game, we're more likely to win. Um, I still feel in some games when we got beaten that Woods was good. Um, there were some games like the Penrith game where we got beat by 50 where he was absolutely fucking diabolical. Um but he did, he, he did have his, his fair share of really, really good games. The, the one area that really let me down from, from Aaron Woods this year was his penalties. He just gave away too many penalties. Um, he gave away too many six-agains, and he gave away too many penalties. And I think, you know, you we, we've said it. If Aaron Woods starts the game for us and he starts off well, we're a shot of winning the game. But if he starts off terribly, it, it's almost game over. And... You're right. You know, you can go back and listen to all the podcasts. You and I were saying, if the the opening twenty minutes is the most important for the Sharks because if the veterans can keep us close, the young guys will come on and win it. It should be the other way around. Absolutely. If, it, you know, the veterans should win us the game, and the young guys should come on and get their experience. Um, I gave Woods a six because I I do think that he was good, and I do think he adds value, and I see a lot of people going. We should just release Woods early. Well, no, that's 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 pretty dumb. You know, we've already lost so much experience. You don't want to lose more. When he came to us in 2018 and Flanagan played him on the bench, that was his best spot. And I think we need to go out and get some props who can start the game, be absolutely you know aggressive, um, you know, clean up the middle, and then when you bring the likes of your Aaron Woods on you're getting these like-for-like players. And again, I'm saying it's so disappointing that we missed out on James Tarmo. Yeah, that would have been magic. Our problem is we've got eight bench forwards. Yeah. And we need four starting forwards. This time last year, if the Bulldogs had said we want Aaron Woods, I would have given them the double forks, told them to fuck off. Now, I wouldn't be too disappointed if you left, to be honest. I'd rather him stay than not. Hmm. But if it push came to shove and it came to either we get Tolman for a year and then get a chance to nab a really good prop the year after, I take that chance, to be honest. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I'm of the, I, I'm, I'm on the flip side. Um, the the rumour is that Aaron Woods is on 600 grand a year. I would extend him on the proviso that he's willing to take around about 400,000 a year. 
if he's looking for the same amount of money, he, he can he can walk out the door. But I'm not releasing him early, and especially not in this gap year where we need to be as high up the table as possible. Um, or not gap year, the, the, what are we calling it? The... Uh, the, the the hold on you, <laughs> you know before yeah we got we got to think of something snappy the hold on doesn't roll off the tongue yeah before we'll, we'll think we'll come up we're clever bef- before we you know before we can enter the player market as I said I I can't keep stressing it we need to enter the player market for 2022 as high up the table as possible as high up the table as possible and then you can go to these players and say come and join you know come and start and then you know woods can come off the bench and you know you can be part of this the second premiership for Cronulla so um overall I was I was pretty disappointed with our forward pack though there's there's a lot of low scores there and those guys need to to boost it because if those numbers go up we're we're better than eight yeah we are but did you notice all the young guys had high scores yeah and all the big name had the low that has to change next yeah. year um now let's go on to the coaching Let's go to John Morris. What do you give John Morris out of 10 this year? Six, because he overachieved. We had no right to make the eight, as far as I'm concerned. We had too many negatives and too many things, disadvantages. Him to get us there, especially the way we started, because we could have have gone 0-6, to be honest, and season's over. He, He handled us through the COVID break. He handed us through Bronson Zeri fucking up and going elsewhere. John, uh, Josh Morris coming out, bagging the club and going elsewhere. He's the high, lowest paid coach. He's he's a rookie coach. I think he did his best. I don't agree with everything he did. I don't think he's got the goal to drop Townsend or, or a player of that stature when they need to be dropped. Some of his, I thought his bench work this year was pretty terrible until it became, you know, 20 swap, 60 swap, and that seemed to work. I think... I don't know if he lost us too many games, but I don't feel like he won us too many games. But overall, for us to finish eighth is better than it is bad, and that's where the six comes in. Yeah, look, I um, I thought he was, I thought he was good, and I've given him a six as well. I think there was um, a lot of good that he did. Now our attack was crisp, it was sharp. Um, you know, we we looked like we could always score points. On the flip side, our defence was dreadful. Now, we've employed Craig Sandercock, and it turned out that he was our defensive coach. He's now left us to go and be the attacking coach at the Bulldogs. So you don't know whether Sandercock's a defensive coach or an attacking coach. I'm going to say he's not a defensive coach because our attack was perfect this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Morris adapted to game plans very well. Um, And, and you know, he wasn't afraid to change teams up. He went to the four forwards. He brought in Talakai. He brought in Royce Hunt when... You know, you're sitting there going, what are you going to do? Why would you do that? Um, the other, the, There were other questions around him, though, of, you know, sometimes his rotations were very bad. Sometimes he didn't know what he was doing with a player like Connor Tracy. Um, I think you're right in the, in the terms of we, we had no right to make the eight with um, with all the, that he's had to go through since he's been here. Um, now, I've... I've I've written down some names here, and and I I didn't get through all of them, but um, so let let's go since since he took over. Now Luke Lewis retired at the end of twenty eighteen anyway, but John Morris started in in twenty nineteen. He didn't have Luke Lewis. He didn't have the advantage of having a player like Luke Lewis at the club. Um, Paul Gallen retired. Valentine Holmes uh, left the club. 
Ricky Latelli, Sasai Fecky have gone. Now, they're all guys who are part of our premiership nucleus that have gone. Bronson Zeri has left. Josh Morris has moved on. We also did make the decision to go with Jaden Braley over... Uh, sorry, Blake Braley over Jaden Braley. But Jaden had played 51st grade games as well. So he's lost a lot of this veteran leadership. He's lost a lot of games. You know, there's 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 got to be... You know, I, I can't... I can't do the math off the top of my head, but looking at that, there's got to be at least anywhere between 1,500 and 2,000 games of first-grade football that just wasn't at his disposal anymore. Add to the fact we were playing 700K under the cap. That's it. Uh, you, you left Pryor and Bakuya out of that too. Pryor so and there's, there's, there's more. The Bronson thing hurt us because we got a player who's on 350 not playing anything. Morris burn us because we made the decision – you know, to let him go based on we had Bronson Zeri. If we waited a couple of weeks, maybe we could have done something. But, you know, time is easy enough now. We, we didn't play a home game all year. Yeah. Like, we were away from home. The COVID thing didn't help us. I don't think the six again helped us. I don't think we had the side for it. I think they adapt pretty well. To get, We went out and got blown out by the Tigers in that second half. and We looked tired and we looked out of it. There, we were looking at 0-6, 0-7 even. Like, there was, there was a chance we were going to get dragged into the... Like Cooper Cronk said we were going to come last. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it looks pretty fuck stupid now. But at the time, that wasn't the worst call in the world. So he, tur- he turned that around. The thing that annoyed me, though, every single week we heard, we've worked on our defence, it's all about attitude, we're going to get it right. There comes a time where after 20 weekends of not doing that, you shut the fuck up and do something else. And I think to come into the semi-final and say, you know, we've got it. This is the week we're going to defend. We're going to like 12 points. No, you're not going to do that. Just shut up and we'll do our best, you know. And I think that was a little bit of an experience. Someone should have been in his ear and said, every single week you copy and paste the same thing. You pull your faces, you smile, you flex your biceps. People buy it. They go in and get frustrated. Just leave it for a couple of weeks. Maybe stop people, you know, obsessing over it. And then maybe our defense does come good. That annoyed me, but I think that was more me than him. Yeah, no, uh, I, I've got to agree with you. I think, look, he's he's very good with the press, um, and that's probably because he's very beautiful. But he's he's very good to watch in the press, and he, he talks very articulate as well. But, you know, when when he's saying there every week, no, no, we're concentrating on our defence, well, it doesn't look like they're concentrating. It doesn't look like they're doing any defensive work whatsoever. Um, it looked like we were just playing this possession, we wanted to play a possession-based game, have the ball longer than the opposition, and score as many points as possible, because it looked like we weren't backing our defence, and there was a reason why. You're right, he is the lowest paid coach, he is the most understaffed coach in the NRL, we get all our money back in the cap next year, now a lot of it has gone to extensions for Ronaldo, Katoa, Talakai, Rudolph got a bit of a bump up, um, you know, we've, we've extended Royce Hunt, we've, we've given these guys you know, money. There should be something for us to play with to go into 2021 and get these veterans who can just come in and, and stabilise the year for us and, and not put us in life support. But the other thing the, co- the club needs to do now is turn around and invest in, in, in John Morris and the coaches that are going to be around him. If we're not going to get Shane Flanagan to come in, you need to you need to be getting Dean Pay at a bare minimum. Um, and then you've got, you've got to work from there. There's, you know... George Arliss, who is the interim coach at the Bulldogs, has gone to the Cowboys today. There's more and more experienced coaches coming off the market, and we can't afford to go into next season with another Sandercock supported by 
Daniel Holdsworth and Jeff Robson because it's just not going to work. No, we, we need a first-grade coach that's been there, done that. And I'm not talking Tim Sheens. I'm talking someone who's coached in the last couple of years. I still think Flanagan is coming, but there was an article that said that he was overlooked for a spot at the Tigers, which surprised me. I didn't, I didn't think he was linked. But if we don't get Flanagan, I don't know where we go next year because, as you said, it's becoming smaller and smaller. And my ace in the hole was Matthew Elliott. I thought we were going to be smart enough to go there and think this guy knows football like no one else and no one's talking to him and the Dragons ping him. And I'll, I'll fucking hate that for the rest of the next year as well. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because at the beginning of 2019, you can go, yeah, sorry, the, the beginning of this season, you can go back and find the articles, the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. We were linked with Anthony Griffin and Matt Elliott as our assistant coaches. And they're now the coach and assistant coach at the Dragons. How, <laughs> how we missed that boat, I don't know. I will say this. Our defence has gone down the minute Steve Price left the club. I was going to say the same thing. Price was huge. And, you know, maybe maybe there's a chance to get some coaches back from England because who knows what's going to happen next year with the footy. They all had to take big pay cuts. And, I mean, if he's getting paid the same to be at home with his kids every weekend and be an assistant coach or be a first-grade coach over there in the freezing cold, you know, England sucks, you know, I, I'd come back. And um, that's, that's a bit sign language for those watching at home. Mate, I, I just feel – I'm frustrated because we should have this set already. This should this should be in stone. We should know because it's the preseason now. Like, yeah. we don't deserve an off-season. We haven't played well enough. It's the preseason for next season. Everything we do is for next season, and we don't have two experienced assistant coaches to help a young guy that we're supposedly backing. So if they don't provide him with two or one, even one experienced coach, you know, what, what hope does he have? Yeah, I th- I, you know, there's, there's still some names out there as well. Um, I, I, you know, I know I'm, I'm talking to Richie, you know, nearly every day, which is unfortunate. He's still adamant that, that Jeff Tooby needs to come here as well. I'm cool with that. If we, if we walk, if we walk in next season with John Morris as the coach, Dean Payne and Jeff Tooby as our assistants, I'm, I'm more than fine with that. Um, I, I, I'm with you though. I, st- I still think we need Shane Flanagan because he was a big part of the DNA of the club. Um, Let's go the top five negatives for the year, Daniel, before we wrap up uh, and stop podcasting for a little while. Sadly, this was easier than the top five positives. So um, <laughs> number five for me was not beating a top eight team all year, and I don't count Manly because we beat Blacktown. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one because Manly were eighth going into that round and they were ninth by the time we played them. Um I've got number five, the Panthers 56-24 flogging. That's a fair call too. Mm. Number four, ill-discipline and shit ball handling. It just That's all we had to work on in the off-season. We couldn't do it. Uh, number four for me was Royce Hunt's knee injury. Sucks. I left the injuries out. Um, I didn't because, th- because I'm, I'm probably the most injury-prone person I know apart from Rich Ossington, so injuries really hurt me. That sucks. <laughs> Number three, I got out of fence. And again, going back to every single week, there was the same film clip about how good our defence is going to be. And it was shit me to tears by the end of the year. Uh, number three for me is 12 games of Chad Townsend. That sucks. That, <laughs> that sucks. fucking sucks. Uh, number two, what do you got? Letting the part-timer come in and score five tries. Now, before the game, so, so you're number five, this guy was heating up pies in the canteen and parking cars. Yeah. Comes in and towers up our supposed first graders and signs a huge contract extension today. Oh, yeah, say on the back of that. 
he fucking drove our our bus to the game with our players on it. Yeah, he fucking jumps in, heats the pies up, goes and scores five tries. Yeah, that was a fucking embarrassment. And for his dumbass bogan mates to be sitting there and have a good afternoon, that hurt me. I took that personally. Yeah, uh, number two for me was the Knights game. That game was fucking diabolical. Apart from Townsend getting sent off, there was nothing positive <laughs> out of that game. <laughs> what do you got, number one? Mate, the number one negative for 2020, Chad Townsend. Beautiful. Um, I did have Sean Johnson's injury, but um, I'm going to have to say the su- the season's now over, so I'm not going to get to see you as regularly as often. Oh mate, that that's very nice. We we can make that a positive. Mate. We can because we, we, we got some we got some things coming up. We do have some things coming up. We got some we got some good podcasts coming up. We're going to bring Richie and Josh back and uh, and do some nostalgia podcasts. I think you and I are going to do a team of the year, NRL team of the year. Um, and there's some other shit we talked about today as well. People have asked us to dive into the 1989 semi final, Dan. I was three years old. <laughs> Jeez, 89. Yeah, I would have, would have been four and a bit. So let, let's do it. I've, Any I've, suggestions anyone has, hit us up. I've, I've got a copy of the game, um, so I might have to watch it. This came off the back of me saying that I've never seen a game of Gavin Miller play because I really didn't want to go back and watch 1980s football. <laughs> that makes sense. Easy. Yeah. No, mate, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have some great off-season, and um, I have a feeling people will be seeing it. Very soon. Yes, they will. Uh, enjoy your time off, Dan. I'll see you soon. Thanks, mate. See you soon. Kudala Kudala Kudala